0: Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference.
1: Today we're in Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. This is when Matthew, the author of this book, is called as a disciple. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at a tax booth and said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. Now you got to understand, Matthew's a tax collector. His name's also Levi. And tax collectors aren't popular back in that day. They were known to be scoundrels, gouging people unfairly, taking home obscene profits on the backs of the people in an unjust way. And so the fact that Jesus would call this guy to be one of his disciples would have certainly stood out as peculiar, if not all out bad for the Pharisees, the scribes, the teachers of the law who are looking on from afar. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many 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 tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. So, Jesus is once again laying it down to the Pharisees, and he's setting an example that we should be eager to follow. Some people have referred to this situation that's written about in Matthew as a Matthew party. That's kind of Christian lingo, kind of cheesy, actually. Description of what Matthew is doing. Matthew is with all these sinners and these people who don't know Christ, kind of the riff raff of the Jewish community, and he invites Jesus into his home for the purpose of inviting his friends, his sinner friends, to Jesus. And this is great. This is how Christians should operate. We should be looking for opportunities to interact genuinely and authentically with people who don't know Christ. This isn't supposed to be a notch your belt type of situation where you're just going out and finding people who don't know Christ. And for the sake of putting a notch in your belt, like, oh, look at me, I just introduced a non believer to Christ. That's not the motive. The motive is because you genuinely love the people that you work with and live with and are associated with in your network. And you genuinely believe the truth of God's word, which says that the only way they can be saved, the only way that they can be part of God's family, the only way they can spend eternity in heaven is if they have faith in Christ. So you and I. I are conduits of that gospel message to our friends who don't yet know Christ. Somebody has once said that Christianity is one beggar showing another beggar where the food is at. So it's not like we're self-righteous or we're better than these people. We just have been led to Christ, and now we want to lead others to Christ. And a great way to do that is to take Christ into the networks where we have influence. That's what Jesus and Matthew are exemplifying. Jesus makes it clear, I didn't come here to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, this is an interesting statement if you unpack it a little bit. Jesus says, I didn't come to call the righteous. Well, there are no righteous. So he's talking about people who think they're righteous. Jesus is saying, I, I didn't come here to call the people who think they're already good to go. I came here to call the people who know they're messed up and are looking for a solution for their messed upness. It's true there is no one righteous, but there are plenty of people including these Pharisees, scribes, teachers of the law and other self-righteous people. We have this today in our own circles, people who think that they are righteous because they're better than others or they try to do good or they're somehow moral and upstanding relatively speaking compared to the people who are around them. But scripture says no one is righteous, not even one. Paul said his good works are like filthy rags. So there is no one righteous. Jesus isn't suggesting that there is anyone righteous. Jesus is suggesting that there are people who think they're righteous and think they're fine and think they don't need him because they are good enough. Scriptures teach a totally different thing. And Jesus is wanting to reach out to people who view themselves as sinners. Friend, I hope that you view yourself as a sinner in your natural condition. I hope you agree with what Scripture says, that you are an enemy of God. You're opposed to him in every way in your natural condition. I hope you agree with what Scripture says, that because of that, you are under God's wrath in your natural condition. And the only way that that can be fixed is if you somehow become perfect and somehow have the penalty that you owe God for your sin. And paid. And you're not going to figure that out because it's impossible. No man can do that. The good news is God loved us enough to send his perfect son, Jesus, to live the righteousness that we can't live, and then to go and die on a cross with the burden of sin from other people on him. So the penalty is paid. The righteous life is lived. And because he came out of the grave, defeating sin, death, the power of the devil, and affirming his righteousness, this great transaction is available to anyone who would trust Christ that you can have his righteousness attributed to you, his perfection. You can have the penalty that you owe to God paid because of what he paid, and you can be grafted into God's family. God and Christ are looking for people who understand that reality, understand their desperate need for a Savior, understand that they're unable to make it on their own, that they are sinners, and that the only way for that to be fixed is through faith in Christ. And once you and I have put our faith in Christ, once we have come to that realization, then we, like Matthew, should be in our networks strategically doing what we can to introduce Christ in a genuine way To our network of friends, co-workers, neighbors, family members, several ways to do this. We're putting an addition on our house right now, which might look opulent and self-centered, but my wife and I, really the desire of our heart is to gather people in our home, eat together, hang out together, and hopefully some of the people who come are people who don't know Christ and through us are going to be introduced to him. We've got a cool tailgating bus that we take down to Iowa City and tailgate with, and it draws in people. And one of my motives for being part of that is because I hope some of them will form a genuine relationship. relationship with me, and we'll see Christ in me, and maybe somehow be introduced to Christ. Now, each one of us has to figure out what God's calling us to do by way of following Matthew's example of taking the Savior to our network of friends in a genuine way that is authentic, not self-righteous, not religious, but authentically desiring to introduce people to Christ who need Him, just like we did and still do.
0: The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christian where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast which airs on stations around the world and where you can listen to our conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting christians we also want to highlight two ministry partners